Hey guys, and just to let you know, you're listening to The Five Count. The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. Easter secrets. Oh, yes. Hi, welcome to the five count. Here it is. Here, here it is. I'm right in the fireside studio, and we are joined by a very special guest. Jesus. Jesus, no. No. Front desk Rachel's here. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. The next best thing. Good to be here. Good to be here. It's really great to have you. Thank you. I like your uh, vest. Thank you. It's lovely. Mm Mm-hmm. It looks oh, like so cozy. It you want to know something? I think um, this man right over here was was in the very large room when I purchased this and found it. Oh wow! Yeah, we ran into each other in the at Goodwill at the sweater. Oh wow! <laughs> we talked about this last in the very large room. <laughs> wow. Anyway, yeah, I, I bought that. I bought this that day. It makes me want to like just cozy up into mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. It's like does a, that make sense? Well, I thought it'd be good in the fireside yeah, you know, lounge. I mean, it looks like a, mm-hmm. I don't know. A I don't know if that's flattering at all. It makes skin, you look some kind so of skin comfortable. Rug. I mean, <laughs> bare skin rug. Yeah. But yes. Topi. Uh-huh. Thanks. I like it. Thank you. Like thank the you. whole thing here. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being here, Dust. I'm, I'm glad that you've kept your streak up of making some sort of visual reference to start off the show. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at this. This is the way I like to roll. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I mean, what am I going to do? Am I less just, do I need to be more descriptive on my visual? Either that or we need to get a simultaneous Facebook live thing going yeah. while we, yeah. Mm-hmm. They can see. We've tried that before. I know. I was filming it. It was your sticker collection. That's a tough one. That <laughs> <laughs> was a good show. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It was very mm-hmm. good. I think it was my first one or second. Really? Mm-hmm. You know who else puts on a good show? Jesus. 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 Certainly his representatives do. Yes. It's Easter time. Wow. Mm-hmm. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Okay. What an amazing thing, huh? Okay. Uh, the five count over the years, I don't know if you knew this or any new listeners out there, we are pretty well known for our award-winning Easter programs. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of times they have, uh, I think, I want to say they've, shifted people's opinion like this show seems like it really is kind of stupid and awful but mm-hmm. 
Man, did you hear that Easter show? Okay, okay. You know what? I've heard buzz like this. I, I think, I think I've heard this rumor before. Um, people being super into the Easter show. Yeah. You heard that at the Goodwill. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Actually, I was hanging out in front of the KMSU studios. <laughs> oh. I don't think anything <laughs> flattering has ever been said about us there. Or, uh, yeah, that's a rough little strip of sidewalk there. You know, yeah. I wish they would just. There's that blinking light if you want to cross the street. They don't mm-hmm. push it, though. They're just, <laughs> ah, I don't know. Ah, the the don't youths, push. you know, with their crossing all over the campus. And, yeah. Uh, wow. Mm. Yikes. What is the list of words we can't say on the radio? Because I have such a funny story to show you. <laughs> it's a really big one. We could save that for Patreon. Yeah. Okay. We. <laughs> I just got a really great letter from a student. and Did you? The word, uh, can you describe it without profanities? Can you? No, can save you? that for story we'll, time with we'll front desk. We'll save okay. it. We'll save it. We'll Lovely. Save it. Yeah. Tonight, yeah. Ton, we need to stop and think about whether or not we love enough. Yeah. You got this. Are we Are we talking about this? This is what we're going to... We've got a record. Dusty brought a record. Time out to think. Do I love enough? A Christian retreat. What? What is... Uh, so... Father Gene. Yeah. Father Gene Jakubek. SG. I don't know. Um, what? So th- here's something really interesting. I was not expecting this. This is uh, right out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I don't see a year on this, but it's pretty. What would you say? 60s or 70s? I'm going to say 73 at the latest. Maybe okay. 75 at the latest. I'd well, say 60s. I can open up in a little while and t- take a look. But here's something um, I will say that this sounds really, this is really interesting. Uh, so I feel like this pertains even now. I'm going to read this. All right. This pertains even now, and it did back then, and I think a lot of people forget about that. Some years ago, the historian James Truslow Adams said, I don't know who that person is, said, perhaps it would be a good idea, fantastic as it sounds, to muffle every telephone, stop every motor, and halt all activity for an hour someday to give people a chance to ponder for a few moments on what it is all about, why they are living, and what they really want. I think that's very valid. They don't mean uh, public radio, do they? Halt it all, yeah. Halt all of it. I mean, in the Christian world, they would uh, call it, you know, like fasting. Fasting from whatever, and you could choose whatever various Sure, things. Christians came up with fasting. Who wants to do great radio fasting? That's ridiculous. You don't have to. But um, <laughs> this whole thing, I think that brief paragraph, it, <laughs> whether you're Christian or not, or whether you pertain it to that, I still think that that's a, an interesting idea. And I think it pertains today, even as it did back then. Who knows how long ago that is? Yeah. So what Tun is, is suggesting is rather than listen to this Christian <laughs> retreat tonight, we're just going to have an hour of silence to ponder and reflect. Well, that person could. It's up to the individual, right? I don't know. I mean, we could sit here in silence for an hour and ponder. It's That makes good radio. There is no year on this thing. Mm. What it, is wrong It could with be considered people? dead air, but don't worry, because eventually we will rise again. <laughs> yes. Yes. Three days, three hours. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... Easter humor. Yeah. Uh, you know, Easter humor is fun, but also the questions I ask around Easter time, what do they mean after three days he rose again? Okay. He died on Friday, uh-huh. rose on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Hun, that's a day and a half. That ain't three days. So I don't get it. Like, wait, what? After three days. And then how do the true punks factor in? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're coming up next. So, so. I don't want to. I don't. 
I don't really want to get into this on air. But I, um, I was talking to... You don't say. I was talking to uh, our pastor. in the hallway our a moment ago? Yeah. Yes. But no, we had this really cool um, thought at one point about um, just like having, like hanging out with people, not even at church or whatever, and, and getting into those types of questions with people and like really talking about it. But like with a pastor that maybe has some sort of more intimate knowledge, I don't know, or maybe even just bringing some other perspective. But I I love that. I mean, let's question. I I think that we could do salon like that. I think it'd be great. I think that um, I think that interfaith dialogue and however you want to define faith, whether that's lack of faith, atheist, whatever, whatever. Yes, I think that um, I love conversations like that too. Yeah. Um, So uh, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I think it's fun too. We should do um, it. Would you come to one if we got him too if, deep for our normal audience? If we started that, would you come to one? If I asked you, uh, yeah, personally, sure, yeah. I was like Rachel, please, yeah, bring your vest and cozy up next to me in a uh, pastor. Yeah, that's a whole different. Okay, thing. Okay, sit okay. on the end of the table, and then this is getting. Okay. It's just the vest. You know what? I got <laughs> sidetracked with the vest. I was going to say, the we, vest part. Would we you just, just switch to the Patreon <laughs> show now? Or what do we, I mean. Okay, so it's Easter. Wait, hold on. Close my eyes. It's Easter. It's you, your pastor, my vest. Okay, I'm it in. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> We're leaving the vest at home. Come it's on. It's not Easter. It's okay. just, We're just hanging out. And we're talking. We can take the vest off. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, well wait a minute. It sounded weird when you went there too. Yeah, well, I know. Take the vest off all of a sudden. Just take it yeah, easy. You're picking up when I'm laying down. Yes. Great. Good. Mm. Okay. okay. You, you reject God's love when you sin. You yeah. And moving on. Uh, thank <sighs> yeah. you so much yeah. for being here, Dust. Um, Do you love enough? Do yeah. I? Mm-hmm. Do you really? Yeah. Probably not. Do you reject God's love? or? I reject a lot of things. Most <laughs> love. <laughs> a lot of Love from all directions, yeah. It makes me uncomfortable. It does is that no? Real? I love to be loved. I, no. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say. I think that you do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm an easy lover. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, I've just been yes. waiting for someone to say that to me for so long. You want to do an, a duet I'm like you be Phil lover. and I'll be Phil? Oh, wouldn't that be sweet? Yeah, I can't. You know, can't I'm you do the high, you do the high Phil. I'll I be don't know Phil. if I could. Holland. Easy lover. <laughs> Easy lover. Okay, that's in my head. I don't know okay. the rest of the words. Yes. You know what's great about that song is, check out the video. There is not one woman in that video. It is a huge group of men. Yeah. It's a video about them making the video. It is terrible. It is just... And really it's she's boring. an easy lover, it's right? It's really cheap. What? The the lyrics is the lyrics she's an yes. easy lover? Yes. And it's She'll just nothing you, but yeah, dudes. Oh, yeah. It's just all dudes having a great time, like wow. high-fiving each other and yes. having a good time. Yeah. And you're like, ah, okay. Like, what happened What here? happened here? I don't know. It's a weird video. It's like in a garage. Oh, it's a video. Yeah, I'm talking about the video of the song. <laughs> you're talking about this <laughs> so show. So it's like dudes <laughs> telling each other about the women they've been with, maybe? Sure, is that what they sure. were going for? Yeah. I, I, Not no, as no, good. I don't think so. I, think, I don't know. Remember, uh, weird. Hmm, yeah, not I'm as gonna weird watch as the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm gonna watch yeah, it. Yeah, let's let's watch that later. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Maybe we should start on our spiritual retreat. Uh, yeah. Before I mean, things get any more uncomfortable. Do we need to? Do we need to go? Yes, there? time That's, we need okay. to. It's Easter time, and you it's obviously Easter. have a lot of issues. Uh-huh. And you're sinning is uh-huh. rejecting God's love. I need uh-huh. love so much. And you're creeping out front desk, Rachel. <laughs> 
She's I'm into seen, it, actually. Yeah, yeah. She's into it. <laughs> Do, have you seen the eye contact? <laughs> All right. Well, it's making me uncomfortable. There okay. we go. There we go. Let's take a break yeah. and reflect. Let's have a little Christian retreat of our own. Mm. And then we'll be back. <laughs> like Jesus. My dear friends, God bless you for taking time out to listen. He'll bless every minute you'll give him. Before we begin this first talk of the retreat, let me ask you to remember three points to help make this retreat what it should be. You know that a retreat is taking time out to think, retreating from the busyness of your life to think about what really matters. To make a retreat what it should be, keep in mind these three points. First, make this retreat personal. What you hear in these talks, apply to yourself wherever you can. Secondly, make it practical. The determinations, the resolutions you get from this retreat should fit into your daily life and should fit in immediately. And thirdly, make it prayerful. Pray for the grace from God to see yourself as he sees you. Pray to know his will and for grace to do it, even if it hurts. Prayer is God's weakness. Just talk to him about himself and about yourself. St. Augustine used to say, Lord, to know thee and to know me. Yes, that's the whole purpose of life to know what God wants of me, and to do it. It might also be a good idea to listen to these talks without anyone or anything disturbing you. Thomas Carlyle said that silence is the element in which great things fashion themselves. And we know that the best time to study human nature is when nobody else is around. And a final hint. Think. You're going to experience spiritual exercises. St. Ignatius Loyola wrote a little inspired book he called The Spiritual Exercises. Exercise always means work. Now these exercises are going to be of your soul, your thinking, and your willing. So rest the body, but work the soul. Think and pray. Prayerful thought and thoughtful prayer in silence. And may I suggest you listen carefully? These short talks of necessity have to be packed. So where do we begin? Well, I'm here. And who put me here? God. And why? For my happiness. So the first conclusion I get is, God loves me. I think of all the possible humans he could have made and did not, and yet he chose to create me. He must love me. And why did he make me? To give me a chance to earn happiness with him forever. Yes, I came from God and I'm going back to God. And how do I get there? by loving God in return. And how do I show my love? He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. This is my one and only absolutely necessary job on earth to keep the commandments and to save my soul. Yes, I have a soul. I prove it by my thinking, by my laughing. You can't see or feel thought, yet it's there. It's immaterial, it's spiritual. So it must come from a spiritual source. That source we call a soul. This soul of mine is infused by God into my body, which is prepared by my parents. This soul makes me completely different from any other creature. Yes, I'm an animal, but I'm a rational animal. There's no chance that I descended from irrational animals. It's impossible. No one can give what he doesn't have. Two non-rational animals cannot conceive a rational animal. God created me differently and separately. The missing link between irrational animals and Adam and Eve, our first parents, will always be missing simply because there is no link. Besides, did you ever hear what the monkeys think of the story that we might be descended from them? Listen. Three monkeys sat in a coconut tree discussing things as they're said to be. 
said one to the others, now listen, you two, there's a certain rumor that can't be true, that man descended from our noble race. The very idea, it's a dire disgrace. No monkey ever deserted his wife, starved his baby, and ruined her life. And another thing you'll never see, a monkey build a fence round a coconut tree and letting the coconuts go to waste, forbidding all the other monks to taste. Why, if I'd put a fence around this tree, starvation would force you to steal from me. Here's another thing a monk won't do. Go out at night and get on a stew, or use a gun or club or knife to take some other monkey's life. Yes, man descended the ordinary cuss. But brothers, he didn't descend from us. So, one job to do. Save my soul. One chance to do it. Now, this life. No second chance. And one person who can do it. I. Have you heard about the psychologist William Morstan who stood on a busy corner in New York City several years ago and asked 3,000 people this one question, Why are you living? One gentleman said, To see my children through college. A lady said, To get my daughters happily married. Another gentleman's answer, To give my family what I didn't have when I was a kid. One fellow said, To finish my recreation room. One woman answered with a giggle. She was living to giggle. It took a 14-year-old boy to say, You kidding, mister? I want to get to heaven someday. What percentage of those 3,000 do you think answered like this lad about saving their soul, about getting to heaven? Six percent. Let me ask you, why are you living? What does your life mean to you? Is it more than the old circle of working to earn money to buy bread, butter, and beans, to get muscle, to be able to work to earn money to buy bread, butter, and beans, and so forth? Well, somebody summed up life as the tender teens, the teachable twenties, the tireless thirties, the fiery forties, the forcible fifties, the serious sixties, the sacred seventies, the aching eighties, shortening breath, death, sod, God. Not bad, though that shortening breath, death, sod, and God may come a lot earlier than some of us think. This one job of saving my soul should be before me every day. It might help to cut off one of the sides from an SOS box of scouring pads and put it someplace where you'll see it often. Let the SOS remind you and everyone around that we must save our souls. Can this be a tough job? It can be the toughest on earth. Life is real, life is earnest, and the grave is not its goal. Dust thou art, to dust returnest, was not spoken of the soul. Yes, life is earnest. It can be tough, but it's worth the fight. It's worth everything we have to save our soul. The Bible reminds us to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. Are you working at this one job? Are you working out your salvation? Hard, yes, but remember Christ's words, My grace is sufficient for you. He stands by to help. Why? Because he made you. You're his. He wants you back with him. He loves you. O oh Lord, help me to realize that what does it profit to gain the whole world or madly seek as my goal its honors, glory, wealth, and joy if I lose in that seeking my soul? God love you. Hi, this is Reverend Al Sharpton. You're listening to The Five Count. My dear friends, one soul you have, and only one.
If it be lost, all hope is gone. So, it's safety first. Use the things God made around you to help you to get to heaven, but stay away from those things that block your path. Ever hear that little poem that R.L. Sharp writes, Isn't it strange that princes and kings and clowns that caper in sawdust rings and simple people like you and me are builders for eternity? Each one of us is given a bag of tools, a shapeless mass, and a book of rules. And each one must make, before life has flown, either a stumbling block or a stepping stone. A bag of tools, our talents. The shapeless mass, our circumstances in life. The book of rules, the commandments. Remember, a retreat is time out to think. Now, think, what is it in your life that is a stumbling block? Anything? Let me suggest a few that might be giving you trouble. I'll put them into a simple scheme. We'll call them a couple of M&Ms. These are the kind that don't melt in your hand or even on your tongue, but in your heart and in your mind. Check to see if any one of these is your stumbling block. The first M is Manhattans and Martinis. Here's a big one. In fact, the biggest for many. Do you know that 30% of all divorces are caused by alcohol? I don't have to give you a lineup of statistics on the money spent and how many new alcoholics each day, on how much pay and how many working hours lost. Just check yourself. Is this your stumbling block? And may I add, primarily for the sake of you ladies, if nothing else dissuades you from drinking, remember, she who indulges, bulges. How about the second M? This one is men or mamas, or whatever you care to label it, infidelity. This often follows the first M. Nothing seems to make a woman look better than three drinks and a man. Marriage is a sacred contract to each other and to God. Before marriage, no mate. After marriage, one. A serious problem? The second highest cause of divorce in our country, 25%. Remember the words God inspired St. Paul to write? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, adulterers, idolaters, or drunkards shall possess the kingdom of God. Is this your stumbling block? Christ was rough on this point. He who even looks with lust upon a woman has already committed adultery in his heart. The third M, mouth. This might be the biggest stumbling block for most, and maybe you women are a bit more careless than the men on this point. Men cuss, and cussing can certainly be sinful, especially if scandal is given, and especially to children. We have to watch that. But women seem to gossip more, and gossip is a killer. The Eighth Commandment forbids this. Even Shakespeare once wrote, He who steals my purse steals trash, but he who steals my name steals that which is above all worth. Remember the advice you must have heard at your mother's knee, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything. As one woman told me, Father, each morning I pray, Oh, Lord, help me today to say only worthwhile stuff, and then shut me up, I've said enough. How are you controlling your tongue? The Apostle St. James says in his epistle, He who doesn't offend by his tongue is perfect. And the fourth M, money. Men, this can be a big one for you. The tremendous virtue of justice is at stake. Are you using just means in getting your money? Somebody once said, wherever you find money growing on trees, you can be sure that there's been some grafting going on. 
And isn't it true, men, that some of us lose our health getting our wealth and then have to lose our wealth to get back our health? Christ was clear to the hoarder, the man who violated even the Lord's day to store his grain. You fool, this night I will demand your soul. How often we can lose sight of justice and charity. Did you ever realize that you can blot out the whole world just by bringing two cents close enough to your eyes? For two cents you can't see anything else. Oh, we have to live, of course, but we have to live as God sees us. Somebody pointed out this cycle we can get involved in. Rags make paper, paper makes money, money makes banks, banks make loans, loans make poverty, poverty makes rags, rags make paper, and over we go again. Money is a means to the legitimate things in this life. Get it justly all you want and use it justly, but remember... Even if you have money to burn when you die, you can't take it with you. So there are the four M's. I might have used instead wine, women, words, and wampum, or maybe liquor, lust, language, and lucre, or as the boys like to put it, drink and dope, dames, dirt, and dough. But you got the idea. Are you stumbling on any one of these? Or maybe your problem is impatience or anger. These can be forms of the third M, mouth. Whatever it is, know yourself and start an attack upon your weakness. How? By practicing the opposite virtue, by accentuating the positive and eliminating the negative. For instance, if you have a hard time with your tongue, practice saying good things. Prepare kind comments. And if you slip, put a punishment upon yourself. Above all, don't give up, but check up, each night at least, in your act of contrition. And don't get discouraged. Thomas Akempa says in his imitation of Christ, if we eliminated one fault a year, we'd soon be perfect. The biggest thing is to pray to see our faults. Learn to know yourself. Do you like yourself as you are? You may want to use this little poem as a reminder. I have to live with myself, and so I want to be fit for myself to know. I want to be able as the days go by always to look myself straight in the eye. I don't want to have to stand with the setting sun and hate myself for the things I've done. I want to be able to go out with my head erect. I want to be able to deserve all people's respect. For here in this struggle for fame and self, I want to be able to like myself. I don't want to have to look at myself and know that I'm bluster and bluff and empty show. I know what others may never know. I see what others may never see. And so, whatever happens, I want to be self-respecting and conscience-free. God love you. My dear friends, do you remember that little verse John Oxenham once wrote? To every man there opens a way and ways and a way. And the high soul climbs the highway and the low soul gropes the low. And in between the misty flats the rest drift to and fro. But to every man there opens a highway and a low, and every man decides the way his soul shall go. Why is it that some take the low way? Because it's easier to slide than to climb. The truth is, we don't hate sin enough. London's poet Oscar Wilde once called sin, sweet sin, and Londoners praise the poem to the skies. But when Oscar put his lines into his life, the same people who praise the poem jail the poet. The truth is, sin is not sweet. 
oh, there's a certain sweetness to sin, otherwise none of us would ever sin. But it's only the coating, the surface, like the sugar coating on a pill of strychnine. After a few sweet licks, what do we get? Poison. The trouble with us is that we don't look deeply enough. We are caught by the cover. And God sees the whole situation through and through and tells us in our conscience, don't, this is going to hurt you. But we don't like to be told, not even by God himself. And so we sin. Let's look beneath the surface. At least think things through before acting. You can't judge a thing by the cover. Look at a snake. The skin of a moccasin snake is the most beautiful imaginable. It makes the most attractive purses, shoes, belts, a lot of things. But that's after the moccasin is dead. When alive, just beneath this beautiful skin is the deadliest poison. So don't lose, but use your head. Look beneath the surface. And if you have a doubt after looking, don't act in doubt. Once, maybe too often. Did you ever see live wires blown down in a storm? The safety squads come along and put up barriers and signs warning everyone to keep hands off. But you take a look and say, that little wire, can that hurt me? I doubt it. So you grab it. Hurt you? No, it kills you. Don't play around with sin. Don't be like the mad moth flitting around a fire, seeing how close it can get until it gets its wings singed and dies. Let's take a look at sin and try to see it as the damnable thing it is in God's eyes. Look at the sin of Lucifer and the angels. Just one sin, and a third of all the angels were thrown into hell. For one sin, for one we will not serve. Or look at the sin of Adam and Eve. Just one sin of disobedience, and they were thrown out of paradise. Just one sin, one sin, is enough to stop me from seeing my God forever. Is it worth it? Never. It's suicide. It's hell. It's similar to a fellow settling for a kitty car here instead of waiting for a Cadillac hereafter. It's the dumbest and the worst thing we can do in this life. And now I've got to take a look at my own sins. Oh, God, why have you kept me alive? I belong in hell. How many times would I have gone to hell if God had called me when I was in mortal sin? Deronsay, the reformer of the Trappists, admitted he'd be in hell 14 times. 14 times? And that's nothing compared to mine. Oh, God, I'm a sinner. I belong in hell. Why have you spared me? Why have you given me another and another and another chance? I hear only one answer. Because I love you. Thank you, God. Don't ever let me be fool enough to sin again. Please help me to hate sin. Help me to hate it like hell itself. Help me to realize that sin is rotten in itself, even if it were not forbidden. Help me to see what sin can do to me even in this life. Leonardo da Vinci saw sin one day. He was painting his masterpiece, The Last Supper, and was looking for men to pose as Christ and the apostles. He began with Christ. The man he chose was Peter Bandinelli of Florence. And then he looked for the apostles. He found all except one. He couldn't find one who resembled Judas, as da Vinci thought Judas had looked. For seven years he looked, until one night, in one of the lowest dives of Paris, he found the man he thought would fit the part. He asked him to come and pose for him, gladly for a few dollars. 
And as da Vinci sketched the forehead and the nose and was looking into the eyes, he stopped. Haven't you posed for me before? Yes, Mr. da Vinci. Seven years ago. I am Peter Bandinelli, your Christ. From Jesus to Judas in seven years, even in this life, sin shows. Take a good look at yourself right now, my dear friends. What do you see? Be honest with yourself. When you get what you want in the struggle for self and the world makes you king for a day, just go to a mirror and look at yourself and see what that man has to say. For it isn't your mother or children or wife upon you whose judgment must pass. The one who counts most in your life is the one staring back from the glass. You may be like Jack Horner and Chisel a Plum and think you're a wonderful guy, but the man in the mirror says you're only a bum if you can't look him straight in the eye. He's the one to please. Don't mind all the rest, for he's with you clear up to the end, and you've passed your most dangerous, difficult test if the man in the glass is your friend. You may travel through life down the pathway of years, getting pats on the back as you pass, but your final reward will be heartaches and tears if you've cheated the man in the glass. God love you. Hi, this is Toby Radloff, the genuine nerd from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to The Five Count. <laughs> It is appointed for every man once to die, and after death, the judgment. Our one chance to save our soul is slipping by. Here is a fact we can't deny. Have you ever thought of any sure thing in this life? Name one. No, not even taxes. The only sure thing you can name is death. The fact is, you and I were born to die. When will I die? I don't know. Christ says it comes like a thief in the night. It seems no matter how long we may be sick, death still sneaks up on us unexpectedly. Where will I die? I don't know. An old Irishman used to say, and should I wish I knew where it was I was going to die? And when asked why, he'd say, should and I wouldn't go there. We don't know when, we don't know where. How? We don't know. Oh, you've heard it said plenty of times, I suppose, as you live, so you die. But really, that isn't true, is it? What really matters is how you and I are at the moment of death, no matter how you were or I was at any other time. All that will matter at that moment that matters is whether we're in the state of grace. If we die in the state of grace, we know we'll reach heaven. We may have to go through some purgation, but we're sure of salvation. But if we die in mortal sin, we'll be damned forever. The only real preparation for death is to live each minute ready to die in the state of grace. Then that axiom, as you live, so you die, is true. Each of us has two lives. The next one is the important one. Work for it. Die for it. It's worth it. Make the Boy Scout motto yours, always prepared. Or the Marines, always faithful. There's a tombstone epitaph I once read that stays in my mind. Sinner, pause as you pass by. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you must be. Prepare for death and follow me. Do you fear death? Why? Is it that you don't want to leave the ones you love? 
But they too must die, and then you'll be together forever in a far better place than this imperfect world. Is it that you don't know what the hereafter holds for you? Well, leave that to the loving God. There's no reason to fear death if we're ready to die. Did you ever hear how African hunters capture monkeys? They take coconuts, make a little hole at the top to pour out the milk, and just big enough for the monkey to get in its paw. Then they drop in a peanut. The monkey puts in its paw to grab the peanut, makes a fist, and now tries to pull it out. But a fist won't pull out. So the big decision. To hang on to the peanut and have the coconut dragging him down, or to let go of the peanut and go swinging free through the trees for other food. Most of them make the wrong decision. That's probably why we call them monkeys. And they hang on to the peanut, dragging the coconut along the ground after them. And hunters come with huge nets and scoop them up dozens at a time. And the monkey loses his freedom, his life, for one peanut. Are you acting like a monkey? Are you hanging on to something, to some sin, that you know you have to let go by death time? Don't expect to be given another and another and another chance to throw it off. Don't let yourself get stuck on anything or on anyone here. Don't hang on to a creature so tightly that you can't let go when the Creator calls. No creature can save you. Hang on to God. You never know when He'll call you. The person who expects to come back to God at the eleventh hour usually dies at 10.30. And after death, the judgment. Can you picture yourself standing before Jesus Christ, your judge? Could you stand before him right now, confident of getting the verdict, heaven? If you can't, don't waste a minute. Get squared away with God right now. Remember, Christ told the man planning great things, you fool, tonight I'll demand your soul. How will we be judged? 150,000 are judged every day. That's more than 100 a minute, so it won't be long. It won't have to be. Our Lord told us what our judgment will be like. On judgment day, I will say to those on my right, come and take possession of the kingdom prepared for you because I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you covered me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to see me. And then they will say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and we fed you? When were you thirsty and when did we give you a drink? When were you a stranger and we took you in? Or when were you naked and we covered you? Or sick and we visited you? Or when were you in prison and we came to see you? And then I will say to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, whatever you did to anyone, even the least of my brothers you did to me, come and take possession. And to those on my left I will say, Depart from me into everlasting fire. Go to hell. Because I was hungry and you did not feed me. I was thirsty and you did not give me a drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not cover me. Sick and you didn't visit me. In prison and you didn't come to see me. And then they will ask, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked? And when were you sick or in prison? And I will say, Amen, Amen. Whatever you did not do to anyone, even the least of my brothers, you did not do to me. Go to hell. There it is, my dear friends, right from the lips of Christ. We shall be judged on love. We'll be saved or damned by what we loved on earth. If we loved ourselves, our pleasures, like Dives and Christ's example of Dives, the rich man, and Lazarus, the beggar, we'll be damned. If we loved others, all others, out of love for God, because everyone has the image and likeness of God in him, we'll be saved. In your lifetime, do you know how much time 
you'll give to God in formal preparation for death and judgment? Let's figure it out. If you live to be 70, you'll spend working 14 years, recreating 8 years, eating 6 years, traveling 5 years, talking 4 years, reading and studying and caring for your body 3 years, and sleeping 24 years. But how about time for God? If you give him an hour every Sunday, in 70 years, you will give him only 21 weeks of your life. And if you add five minutes of prayer a day, it adds up to less than eight months of your life. How much of your life are you giving to God in preparation for death and judgment? How are you preparing to meet him? Don't wait until tomorrow. Start right now. Remember, the clock of life is wound but once. And no man has the power to tell just where the hands will stop at a late or an early hour. To lose one's wealth is sad indeed. To lose one's health is more. To lose one's soul is such a loss that no man can restore. The present is our own. Live, love, toil with a will. Place no faith in tomorrow. For the clock may then be still. God love. Just like Easter. Are you spiritually refreshed? I feel that way. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Welcome back to the five count. This is great. Baby Jesus's favorite public radio program. Oh, easily. Yeah. I'm yeah. feeling good. At least top five. Adult Jesus got a little wiser, but this is definitely yeah. baby Jesus. Baby Jesus. He didn't know nothing. <laughs> he didn't know nothing. I've got a letter here from uh, John in New Ulm. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to open it right here. Let's see if he's got anything Easterly to say to us. At us, about us. Wow, this is like a legit thing. Ooh. Rachel, we got some uh, coupons here. You like ketchup? Dollar off. Mm, Okay. Dollar off peanuts. Dust. Boom. This is what they said at the last supper. You like ketchup? Do you see this right here? Peanuts? (laughs) Do you remember last week when John was talking to us? Should I wait until we... This is a gift card right here to his theater, it looks like. Wow. That means we don't have a choice anymore, Dust. Wow. It's okay. probably just for you, actually. It might be. It just gets sent to my house I'll bring to you pass along. it along to you. I'll pay for you. <laughs> this is okay to read on air. He's got all these. Oh, he's got a part this time that says don't read on air. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Don't mix them up. Hope card works, question mark. Okay, so he doesn't know if it's legit. Okay, Ton and Dustin, dollar it's amount like on card. expired oatmeal coupon I got from Joe Bailey that one time. <laughs> it says dollar amount on card may be 20 bucks. You can check expiration date. If you, two, if you two don't go together, then maybe let Dustin use 10 bucks and Ton use other 10 bucks. He wants to make sure it's fair. I like that. Okay. Yeah, he likes this idea. I don't, it doesn't, let's, we should try it. That's awesome. Thank you so much, John. That's really nice of you. Pretty sure it's theater up by college in Mankato. New Alm isn't AMC. Just try to use it and have fun. Wait, so where did he get it from then? This is a little suspicious, but I want to say thank you, John. <laughs> um, Maybe it was his. Maybe it was his and he's got a little extra left on it and he gave it to us. You know what I mean? Maybe it was even gifted to him. That's a very uh, Easterly thing of him I, to I do. I can't wait for the update to find out if it worked. Yeah. Let me know. 
And and that's even like he's going out of his way to be nice there. He doesn't even care that we come and see him. He's just like, here, go to a movie, guys. Here's a gift card. That's nice. I think this summer I will be five count fan 14 years. Yikes. All the years of visiting slash helping my dad made my bond or friendship grow very strong. So, yes, it's been tough losing him. Ton, if you ever want to text me, it's okay with me. Have a good day from the crazy life of John. And he gives me, uh, oh yeah, he's got uh, the date here. He wrote it at 8.24 p.m. on the 27th last month. I need to call in. Been almost three and a half years since last call. Yeah, John, you do need to call in. And you you know, obviously, what day we're pre-recording. You could call the five count hotline. You can call it the what five is that count number? hotline. Five zero seven five one nine twenty thirty. Wow, good. That Excellent. was a good ticket set. to your really dreams good. right there. Okay, I'll read this other part. That was like know. a big deal's volley. <laughs> you know how to do it. <laughs> they don't call me front desk Rachel for nothing. Yeah, yeah wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is really some thank you so much, John. I will uh you know, maybe I'll give me some peanuts, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, like I mean, peanuts. that's a good coupon. I guess yeah. I'll like, have snacks. the ketchup when I go. You'll have or? the ketchup, and you yeah. do not have permission to text. So That's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll yeah. keep this strictly by mail. I mean, I'm sure he won't get upset if you text. Wow. You don't know that. Don't speak for him. What's at this theater? What is Popcorn. It? Movies. Mm. Sticky floors. Is Creed 3 here? College kids. I, Tanya, it's your mail. I don't even know what you're... <laughs> Is Creed three at AMC? Up I don't. Here? I don't work at the we theater. We better look. We better look. I only work in volunteer public radio. Well, you've you got a that. computer in front of you. You got to figure it out, and we got to set up. We got to make a date. I'm on a Christian retreat, Ton. I don't have time. Yeah, the, this, you know, we've been asked to put things aside, mm. silence the telephone. You're right. Muffle, so you know, let's let's take this seriously. Okay. 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 I'll rein let's it back. Get in. right with God before Easter. Thank you. Yeah, that's <laughs> God's love so in action. That's. <laughs> oh. well, thank you, John. I hope you're doing well. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's nice. All right. So what else is going on? Uh, it's Easter time. I think I'm uh, going to have uh, a bit of an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. Okay. You kind of have to, right? I mean, no, but uh, I'm going my... <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> no. I was thinking of my, in my yeah. head. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. I hope she says no. No. <laughs> no. Uh, my child and I are going over to our friend's house and um, having some some a nice brunch and having a little easter yeah. egg hunt and where's then your, i where's your friend live in a cave with a big rock in front of it uh w- y- no well she lives <laughs> next door to them but oh, yeah wow. anyway no um yeah 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 uh in good old mankato okay right right in mankato but i am seeing my brother the day before so oh, wow yeah yeah he's driving up from georgia wow yeah that's a big Not deal. Not to see me. Like, I just happened to text him about something unrelated, and he's like, oh, I'll be there next week. I'm like, because I said, gee, I hope I can see you sometime this year. He's like, oh, I'll be there for a week starting on Friday. Wow. I know. He comes up to see his best friend. He doesn't tell me. Like, oh, really? He's here like three times a year. Wow. And I'm, whatever. I wouldn't take that personally. I Right? It's like, <laughs> you wouldn't? You would. I mean, well, you I would take to, that personally to you know, the grave. Tanya, you you don't say that in front of her. No, you know, this I is mean, a conversation. I can we cry about it. Yeah. I can cry about it, or I can go. This is the relationship I have at this yeah. point in time with my brother, and I love him very much. We were we had a good relationship growing up. Um, we talk like twice a year, and that's fine. 
We generally call each other on our birthdays. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. What would you like more? Uh, he's not listening. Uh, yeah, I can't. It's not. Yeah, he's not listening. That's, I, can't, I don't have an easy answer. Okay. I don't have an easy answer. Well, yeah. there is a KMSU app. He might be listening. Yeah. <laughs> but he might, yeah, he might stay for, a, well, he wasn't going to stay for a whole week, but he might stay for a whole week because I have a show on oh. Friday and I'm hoping. Awesome. Yeah. I would love for him to come to that. So, yeah. See, yes. I don't think he's heard me sing since maybe we were in high school or something. Okay. <laughs> you know? Cool. I mean, or no, that's not true. He's heard me sing at weddings and funerals. But So where's where's the show? Do you want to plug your show? You want to plug this? What do you want to do? You want people to show up? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah, because this we will definitely this, make that happen. This, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was, was going to say. We want to sell out the we're show. not really it the venue for people to show. It would be show. great. It would be great. Okay. Um, yes, I've joined uh, Region 9's premier Steely Dan tribute band, okay. Steely Ann, as, uh, yes. as one of the um, vocalists. and One of the Anns. One of the Anns, if you will. Yes, uh, one of the vocalists. So we are having a fantastic show uh, at the Mankato Playhouse on the 14th. I Door, like this. Doors at 6.30, shows at 7.30. Awesome. $15 in advance, $20 at the door. Wow. Mm. And uh, these musicians are absolutely incredible. Like, absolutely incredible. They are all, wow, like really, 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 really good. That's <laughs> really awesome. Good. Yeah. Especially the guitar player and the keyboardist. I mean, nothing against the drummer and the guitar. They're wonderful, <laughs> too. But I mean, whew, like, yeah. Yeah, really, wow. Really great. Really okay. Great. Yeah. They're all like professors at the university, either at Gustavus or at MSU. You know, they all like. Yeah. It's their side gig. This is definitely their side. Yeah, they're just having fun with this. Will you do the uh, Asia album in its entirety? Almost. Oh, my God. You got to do Deacon Blues, right? Yes, we are doing Deacon (laughs) Blues. Yes, we are. No, you can uh, can win a prize if you can figure out at the end of the show which which track we did not do from Asia. Oh, wow. So, yeah, no, we're doing a lot of Asia. Deacon Blues, that was my bathroom song when I worked in commercial (laughs) radio. Sorry, I don't... Okay. All right. I'm glad glad I listened to the end of the sentence. I had no idea where that was going. <laughs> no, you got a bathroom song, so you got time to. Yes. No, yes. Peg, the Peg is my other song. <laughs> What's your favorite Steely Dan Creeper song? I mean, they're all pretty creepy, but Hey 19's pretty creepy. But um, Ricky, don't lose that number. I'm yeah. realizing it's yeah. just the ultimate sex pest song. Yes. Yeah. It, it is so creepy. Yeah. And the funny thing is, you. I mean, I thought it was like awesome when I was a kid or whatever. And I, it's on the radio. All I, w- the time. I thought it was a little scary. And you're kind of like, oh, I didn't even think about it, the lyrics. It sounded scary to me. Yeah, like, it did. Yeah, okay, yeah. Like, why are you? Why are you sending this? I thought he was like gonna. Well, I didn't have the concept of being roofied. I don't think. Yeah. But I did grow up in the seventies, well, and yeah. so I probably watched a lot of like hypnotism. You know what I mean? Like weird okay. science fiction or something. And I'm like, wait. Is he going to trick her and do something to her? Wow. And she's not going to remember it. And she's going to get home and find this letter like, oh, my God, this ha-. Like, it was really, Dude. you know, here I am like seven years old in the back of the car. You like this my, as a yeah. kid? Yeah. Dude, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. hold on a sec. Did you, um, <laughs> did you think, it, is this like a female's perspective, do you think? Like, or do you think this is something I won't to speak you? for all women. I mean, like, do you have <laughs> girlfriends at that time that, like, no, did you, did I this do, come in I do not have a lot of girlfriends that had similar experiences to okay. mine in, in childhood. No. I, I, I would say that my lived experience yeah. uh, um, gave me that perspective. Okay. How about that? Yeah. Let's, wow. wow. <laughs> that is, like, so the crazy. The show is so good. 
We're really reeling in the ears. We are reeling it in. I know. I know. No, I think that that's fascinating. Do it again. Yeah, that is awesome. But I have um, I have been elevated. I'm not just the vocalist now. I'm also a percussionist Mm. because I'm playing the guiro. And wow, do it again. Yeah, and do I'm it. so excited. Right, and I'm awesome. taking it super seriously. Like I went to YouTube, drummer YouTube, percussionist YouTube, and read all about this. How to Oh yeah, yeah. So Wow. I know. They were like first thinking, Oh here, go play the uh acoustic fish. And I'm like, No. I am going to take this seriously. <laughs> like I asked the drummer, I'm like, Do you have a better one? Can I upgrade? I need a better stick and I'm, Wow. Yes, I'm You're into it, very, it. I'm taking it I very seriously. All of yes. this makes me want to go. Yeah. You should go. You'd be would, a fool not to go. You'd be a yeah, fool not to go. Or to be. do your dirty work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Times are hard. Be. Don't be afraid to pay the fee. Yeah. I would I mean, be I bought um, six tickets thinking that I could reserve a table for six, but it's open seating. So, yeah. whatever. Long story short, um, I, you know, I have some extra tickets. Mm. Where is the venue? It is at the Mankato Playhouse, which is um, oh. downtown where that mall is, where that cheap movie theater is. I and thought that, maybe it was at my old school. <sighs> We're not doing that one. Huh? Anybody? <laughs> no, yeah, you are yeah, something yeah. special, though. He really is. Yeah. yeah. We is. could probably go with Steely Dan puns. I'm all the night Steely long. Man, if you ask me. No. Go ahead and ask me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is he's not even really a fan. That's not true. He just knows the music like crazy. Well, I yeah. I have, to admit, just, I have to admit, when they asked me to join, I knew probably four or five Steely Dan songs. Yeah. But I've had a real Orwellian transformation in my mind. I have won the battle against myself, and yeah. I love Steely Dan. So, And I especially love the feminist appropriation of Steely Dan that oh, we're doing. Wow. Yeah, it's really exciting. This sounds really exciting to go see. It's going to be honestly. great. Steely and, Dan. Yeah. Wow. I only have a slight aversion to to uh, Donald Fagan, but okay. other than that, I'm He's fine. Hor- yeah, I know, just horrible, horrible. But Maybe. it's going to be great. Uh, we're we're chatting in between the songs about um, well, what we think of Don Fagan, really. And it's it's going to be pretty funny, wow. pretty fun. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, and if it goes well, maybe you could do it again. We will. We will will be doing it again. That's the weird thing. So even if you don't know much about Steely Dan, (laughs) if you listen to the albums, you know all of it. Like, it's all in there somewhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, You've mm -hmm. heard all of it. Yep. It's weird how that works. Yes, I agree. So maybe I'm getting getting confused. Your your dislike of Steely Dan was actually your dislike of Gully, right? (laughs) That was the real... I just got it confused. That's fair. Is that what happened? That's fair. So really, you're actually- well. He bought his ticket. He he said he. As soon as I posted something, he saw on Facebook. He's like, "I just bought my ticket. I'm really excited." So Gully he'll be or there. Dust. Gully. Yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, he'll be there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's excited. Okay. I mean, who wouldn't be? Yeah. Ton, you two have the same hair now, so that'll be fun. You guys yeah. can sit together at a high top. I don't know if I'd like to do that Party. at all. Sit together with Gully at a high yeah. top. Yeah. Mm, no. Don't worry, he won't bother. He's just going to be zoned in on the music. He will be mm-hmm. zoned in on your vest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, see, I'm, again, I'm really glad <laughs> I listened to the whole Jack. sentence. Yeah, because I didn't know where that was going. Yeah. But, huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, that'll be hey, good. That'll be good. That'll be that'll good. Be, you know where we should go? Mm. We should go back on our retreat. Hey. Let's go. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, I'm thirsty. It's Easter time. For spiritual love. love yeah i guess something like that. i don't know that didn't go as well quenching yeah of quench the of the spirit i don't the, know the blood of yeah. christ yeah okay. Oh, okay sure yeah that 
That works. You know, it's good. Quite, quench your thirst. That Let's works. do right. it. This is like a little lightning bolt on the mm-hmm. side of the chessel. Now's the time you can make that work. Yeah, I think that's how it's it's pronounced. Yes, I think that's how it's pronounced. Getting a little too deep here. Uh, Yeah. There's a line in the Bible that brings hope into the life of every one of us. His mercy is above all his works. Why should this line even be written? Because God knew we'd need it. Oh, yes, it's true that God is all just, as he is all knowing, all present, all everything. And yet, his mercy is above all his works. My dear friends, who is there among us who hasn't sinned? Who is there listening to these words who doesn't need the merciful love of the heart of Christ? Let us all look and be convinced that Christ loves us sinners. Look at his love in action. Watch him with sinners. Be encouraged. He loves you. Let's take one example from the Old Testament and see the mercy of God in action. Remember the story of David? What blessings that little fellow got from God. When he was just a little tyke, he killed the giant Goliath, and all Israel hailed him. When he was 29, he married the king's beautiful daughter, Michal. When only 30, he was crowned king of all Israel. He seemed to have everything. And yet, David sinned. One day he looked at Bathsheba, the wife of his captain, Uriah's, and lusted after her. He called her to his tent, sinned with her, and when he learned that she had conceived, he sank even lower. He called Uriah's back from the lines where he was fighting for his king David in Israel and asked him to spend a few days with his wife. But Uriah's answered that as long as his men were fighting, his place was with them in the lines. Then David got him drunk, hoping that he would forget the fight and go to Bathsheba. But not this good man. And then David did another rotten thing. He sent Uriah's back to the lines, but with him he sent secret orders that Uriah's was to be sent to a position where he was sure to meet death. And so Uriah's was killed. Now David, the adulterer, was also a murderer. What did God do to him? He sent a prophet by the name of Nathan to see David. Nathan told David the story of a rich man who had a hundred sheep and yet stole the one and only lamb that his poor neighbor had. And David... What do you think of such a man? Nathan asked. By the living God, that man is liable to death. Then Nathan looked David in the eye and said quietly, David, you are that man. And for the first time, David realized what a damnable sinner he was. He fell to his knees and prayed to that beautiful psalm, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your great mercy. And what did God do? He forgave him. But more. Listen to this. And God so wished and so arranged that his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, should be born of this line of David. David, the adulterer and murderer, but also the penitent. This is the mercy of God. This is love in action. Let's look into the New Testament. You know how Christ loved to call himself a good shepherd? What else did this mean except that he loves the weak and the helpless? Think of the woman caught in adultery. What did Christ do? He rode in the dust, looked up, found no one around except the crying woman and said, Does no one condemn you? Neither do I. Go and sin no more. The mercy of Christ. Or Mary Magdalene. Here was a woman with seven devils in her. There has never been a sinner known as evil as Mary Magdalene. 
but she falls at Christ's feet, pours out the perfume, cries her tears of sorrow, and Jesus says only, Mary, much is forgiven you because you now love much. And the woman of the streets of Galilee becomes the saint who will stand with Christ on the hill of Calvary. Or think of Peter. Here was proud, puffy Peter. Peter the rock, pulverized by the glance and the words of a barmaid. He denies that he even knows the man. And what does Jesus do? He only looks. Not even a single word of complaint like I told you, Peter. No, he only looks with love. Or Judas. Friend, do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Friend? What kind of a friend was this fellow? And yet to Christ he was special. Christ was ready to forgive and forget. What a heart of love Christ has. Think of Calvary. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgive them for killing me? Yes. What greater mercy can there be? That's the mercy of Christ. Do you see now how much he loves you? No. You say you haven't been a David or a woman in adultery or a Magdalene or a Peter or a Judas. Then think of the story that is yours and mine. Think of the boy who asks his father for his share of the inheritance because he's fed up with the life around his home. He wants to live, and so he does, with prostitutes and pigs. Then he comes to his senses when his money comes to its end. He's feeding the pigs one day when he says, I will arise and go back to my father and fall on my knees and say, Father, forgive me because I have sinned against heaven and you. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Take me back as a servant. Now think of the father all these weeks and months. Each evening as the setting sun casts its purple shadows across his home, the father turns his eyes from the road where he looks for his boy and with an empty heart goes back to an empty home. But one day he sees someone taking the turn in the road and coming toward the house. Could this be? No, this, this man is a tramp. His boy was young and clean, but, but it could be. Who else would be coming here at this time? It, it could be. It must be. And with love giving wings to his heels, the father runs down the hill, up the road, throws his arms around his boy, and smothers him with kisses. And the boy? Oh, see him there in the middle of the road, trying to fall on his knees and confess his sorrow. But the father doesn't let him. Remember, here is the boy who has squandered the family fortune. Here is the boy who has ruined the family name. But what does his father care? Forget the fame. Forget the name. What else matters except that my boy who was lost has been found? My boy who was dead has come back to life. There's your story in mind, my dear friends. That's why it touches our hearts so deeply. And that father is the same for you and for me. That's the forgiving father, the merciful father. That's God. My dear friends, if you are a prodigal son or daughter, please, please come back. It's as easy as you've heard. All God asks is that you take the turn in the road and head back. And if you're one who doesn't have to return, if you've already come back, then learn from this example how to love. Pray, work, and pray again for others to bring them back. You've seen God in action. You've seen love in action. This is Christ's wish that we love as he first loved us. Yes, Lord, now I see the measure of love is to love without measure. God love you. 
Hi, this is Larry Graham, and you're listening to The Five Couch. Larry Graham from Graham Central Station in Sly and the Family Stone. Check out The Five Count. <laughs> My dear friends, may I ask you a question? If you had lived in the time of Christ, would you have followed him? You would. Why? Because he performed miracles? Maybe you would have thought, as others did, that he did them by the power of the devil. Would you have followed him? After all, he was only a carpenter. He didn't go to college. He didn't write a book. He didn't have many wealthy, influential friends. Most of the influential people distrusted him. He didn't have much to offer. In fact, nothing in this world. His followers were mostly ordinary, simple people. Would you have followed him? He preached a doctrine far different from the one you would have known. Yours was an eye for an eye, and his turned the other cheek. Would you have left all to follow him, a man who tried to buck the mob of Romans by a doctrine of love? Maybe not. And maybe you wouldn't be blamed if you didn't. It took a lot of faith to look at Christ and believe that he was the one that the Old Testament had proclaimed for so many years as the Messiah. He didn't look like a king. He didn't seem capable of freeing his people from bondage. No, maybe you wouldn't have followed Christ then. But who could stop you from following him now? Now that you've seen him prove every prophecy of the Old Testament... Now that you've seen his passion and death and especially his resurrection out of love for you, now that you know that he is God. Lord, I want to follow you. I know you're the way, the truth, and the life. What must I do? And he answers, love. Love the Lord your God with your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you want to be my disciple... You've got to love. But Lord, I've been such a sinner. Can I still follow you? I'm not worthy. Is this your complaint? Then remember these few words. They're not grammatically correct, but they are theologically sound. God never does on what was. It's what you is that's his biz. All right, Lord, who must I love? Your neighbor. And who is my neighbor? Don't you remember the parable of the Good Samaritan? My neighbor is everyone, everyone made like me with the image and likeness of God placed in him. This means everyone, because everyone is my brother and sister, with God as our Father. Is this possible? Absolutely. Do you think Christ would have asked something of us that's impossible? But how can I love everyone? I don't like the way some act, the way they talk, the way they walk. I don't like bums, thieves, the thousands of criminals, all the scum of the earth. Christ didn't say, I must like what a person does. He said only one thing, I must love the person. I may hate the things a person does, but I may not hate the person. There's quite a difference. In fact, I must hate the sin, but I must love the sinner. It's simply following Christ. We must love what he loves, the person, and hate what he hates, sin. He made this following of him depend upon only one thing, loving one another. By this, by this, will all men know you are my followers, if you love. The famous Russian novelist Dostoevsky tells a simple but accurate story in his novel, The Brothers Karamazov, to teach us this lesson of love for all others. 
Old Grushenka tells it this way. Once there was a peasant woman, and a very selfish woman she was. She died and was plunged into a lake of fire. Her guardian angel went to the throne of God and asked God what he could do to bring her out of this lake of fire. And God asked, What good did she do for others? And the angel couldn't think of a single th- Oh, yes. Yes, one day when she was weeding her onion patch, a beggar walked by, saw the onions, and asked her for one. And she said, Here, have one. And God said, Good. Take that onion, hold it out to her over the lake of fire, and let her hold on and be pulled out. But if you pull her out, she can come to paradise. But if the onion breaks, she must remain in the lake of fire. The angel flew to the woman and held out the onion to her. She grabbed the onion, her eyes bright with hope, and she was being pulled out of the lake when the other people there, seeing that she was being freed, began to hang on to her dress, wanting to be pulled out too. But she was afraid that the onion would break, and so she began kicking and screaming, Let go, this is my onion! And at that, the onion broke, and she fell back into the lake of fire, there to remain forever. So the angel wept and went away. My friends, in this life, to give an onion or a dime or a cup of coffee or a glass of cold water or a minute of your time or even just a smile can be big enough to lift a soul out of hell. Why that should be, only God knows. He arranges things. Of itself, the onion or the dime or the cup of coffee or glass of water or the minute or the smile is is very little. But to give it to Christ, ah, there's the difference. Remember, whatever you do for anyone, even the least of my brothers, you do it for me. So says Christ, and he can't lie. He says, what you do for anyone, I'll count as done for me. Do you see now what you and I must do to save our soul? We must love. Whom? Everyone. Why? Because Christ said so. And what's in it for me? Salvation. And if I don't, damnation. Oh, how we need to see Christ in others. Our lives are so busy, so full, that we're getting more callous, thicker skinned, less concerned about others. What our neighbor is, what he does, is his business. We put the sick, the crippled, the feeble-minded, the aged in institutions where they can get special attention. If that's our reason, good. God bless us. But if our purpose is only to get them off our hands, God help us. It's easy to love the beautiful, the attractive, but I'm talking about all people, the ugly, the poor, the boor, the least of Christ's brothers. Do we see Christ in them? And do we really believe that with Christ there is no color line? Do we really believe that grace, not race, is all that matters? Oh, my dear friends, let's not become like sterilized hospital instruments, washed, scrubbed, well-dressed, and isolated. We can't afford to miss seeing Christ in others. Our salvation depends upon it. Oh, Lord, help me to live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray, my prayer will be for others. Help me in everything I do always to be sincere and true and know that everything I do for you must needs be done for others. And Lord, when my work on earth is done and my new work in heaven's begun, even then let me forget the crown I've won while thinking still of others. Others, Lord, others, let this my motto be, 
because it's only when I live for others that then I live for thee. God love you. Two men looked out from prison bars. The one saw mud, the other stars. My dear friends, you've heard these lines of Stevenson before. What he's trying to say is that life is what we make it, that it isn't our position that matters as much as our disposition. We make or break our lives depending upon our attitude. The same is true of our sufferings, be they backaches or headaches or the heaviest heartaches. Holiness is tested by our attitude toward suffering. We've lived long enough to know that suffering is part of everyone's life. Suffer we must, but how we suffer depends upon us. The three crosses on Calvary that first Good Friday teach us the three ways of suffering. The first sufferer, the one to the left of Christ, used his cross as a ramrod to drive himself into hell. The second, Dismas, used his cross as a ladder to get to heaven. The third, Christ, used his cross as a key to open heaven for others. How do we use our cross? We're faced with the same possibilities as those three sufferers on Calvary. We can cuss and blaspheme and scream, if you be the Son of God, take me down from this cross. We complain that God doesn't love us. We resent anyone else's good fortune. We hate our cross. And what we forget is that this life is meant to be a trial, a testing time, a battle. We forget that the cross gives me a chance to prove my love. Do you suffer like the sinner on Christ's left? Do you become bitter? Or like Dismas, do you turn to Christ and say, Lord, I deserve this suffering for my sins. Lord, just remember me, please, when you come into your kingdom. Have mercy on me. In this way we show God that we accept our cross because we deserve it. It's a chance for us to repair the past, to atone for our sins, to take our punishment here rather than hereafter. We know that pain isn't necessarily a punishment for our sins. If this were true, there'd be no reason for Christ or Mary to have suffered because they never sinned. But we can accept our suffering as a chance to repair our past, to atone for our sins, and so use our cross as a ladder to climb to heaven. Instead of becoming bitter, we become better. Or we can carry our cross the heroic way, the way of love, Christ's way. This is another example of going his way. We accept the cross that comes into our life, not because we have to take it, or because we deserve it, but because this is the way Christ lived. He chose the cross to offer something more to his Father for the salvation of others. Christ saw that in his cross was the salvation of many people, and he loved his Father enough to suffer for those people. This is Christ's example, that we love one another as he loved us. And right here is a strong proof of our love for others, whether we're willing to suffer for them as Christ was willing to suffer for us. This proves love more than anything else. 
and greater love than this no one has than to lay down his life for his friend. Let's pray, my dear friends, at least to want to suffer as Christ did. We may never be able to be as strong in carrying our cross, always thinking of others, but we wish to be able to do so. God sees our intentions, and he'll be proud of us. It's true that we have personal sins for which we must atone, but let's not stop with that motivation. We want to suffer. We want the cross because this is Christ's way, and there isn't any better way. We want to be Christ-like. Oh, Lord, I want to see in my crosses not only my salvation, but also the salvation of many more. I want to realize, as did the poet Abram Ryan, that it is a truth beyond our ken, and yet a truth that all may read. It is with roses as with men. The sweetest hearts are those that bleed. The flower that Bethlehem saw bloom out of a heart all full of grace gave never forth its full perfume until the cross became its face. God love you. Hi, I'm Mandy Ingber, Tolly from Teen Witch, and you're listening to The Five Counts. My dear friends, in order to follow Christ and to save my soul, I have to know him, love him, and serve him. We should pray to know him more clearly, to love him more dearly, and to follow him more nearly. How do I get to know Christ? By following him through the pages of his biography, the gospel. And where do we start? where all love should start, at home. What do we know of Christ's life at home? Only this. He was subject to them. The them, of course, was his mother Mary and his foster father Joseph. So to follow Christ, we must be like him at home. Doesn't it seem strange to you that this great God-man who came to change the face of the earth to tell all people how to live and how to love and how to save their souls, that this Savior should spend 30 years out of 33 at home in a silent, humble, hidden, despised town? Why did he do this? Because I think he knew that that's exactly how most of us would spend 10 elevenths of our life, in the hidden life. Christ knew that very few people would know us as very few people knew him. And so he showed us how to live the hidden life. Did you ever think of Christ at the age of 16? The gospel doesn't have to tell us anything more about him except that he was subject to them. That tells all. He obeyed. He obeyed when he was 6 and 16 and 26. As long as he lived without assuming other obligations, he obeyed his father and mother. Obedience means love. And love is the one lesson Christ came on earth to teach. But how about you who are not six or 16 or 26? How does Christ's lesson fit into your life? Easily. If you're a husband or wife, you must love each other. If God made you a father or mother, 
you must love each other first and then your children. If you're living alone, you must love your parents and then the family, then the relatives, and then all people in that order. The answer for anyone at any age in any state of life is always the same. Love one another as I have loved you. May I take time out just a couple minutes to direct a few words to each of you in particular? Boys and girls, first, your lesson is clear. The fourth commandment is your big one. Honor your father and mother. You love God by loving them. They take the place of God. All authority comes from God. If you disobey them, you disobey him. Keep the fourth commandment. Remember, your parents love you, and what they demand, they demand because they love you. Keep the fourth commandment, even if it is tough, and it will keep you straight and happy here and hereafter. Single men and women, and widows and widowers, you have chances the married don't have. You're not limited with your time as the married so often must be. You, above all others, should be able to give your time to more others out of love for Christ. And what greater sign of love could you give than your time? Think of Martha. Think of John the Apostle. Live as they lived. Follow Christ in your work and in your free time. Give yourselves to Christ in helping others. This he begs of you. And husbands and wives, love each other. Let nothing come between you, not even your children. Remember, you are partners with Christ in this marriage. One does not have the right to lord it over the other. The ultimate big decisions are made by the husband. This is as God wishes it. But husbands, may I say just this, as a theme for yourselves in showing love for your wife, remember, little things mean a lot. Don't stop doing the many wonderful things you did when you were dating her. I'll mention just four. First, express your love. Tell her you love her at least once a day. The most beautiful words on earth are, I love you. And may I add that the second are, maybe you're right. Secondly, date your mate at least every other week, at least, and make it especially a dinner date. Take her away from the home on the range. If you don't date your mate, you're a louse as a spouse. Thirdly, trust your wife. Confide especially financial problems and solutions to her. Before anyone else, she should know what goes on. She's your partner. Prepare her to be able to handle things if anything should happen to you. And fourth, communicate and cooperate. The lack of communication is the underlying cause of almost every marriage problem and cooperate with the discipline required in the home, especially with the children. Wives, make your husband the king of the home. Know that God wants it this way. He's the head, you're the heart. Boost his ego. This is the man who has to care for you and for the family. Make him feel proud and happy to do so. Compliment him. Cook the food he likes. Go with him whenever he asks you. And just a few don'ts. Don't nag. Here's your biggest fault most often. Don't wag, telling others, any others, what goes on in your private family life. Don't lag. Do things on time. Keep a schedule. And don't sag. 
Let your husband be your guide. Parents, see Joseph and Mary in action. Pray to imitate their virtues in your home. As for dealing with the children, may I suggest a simple rule of thumb, easily remembered, the four Fs. Be fair, be firm, be frank, and especially, be fond. These are your children, given to you by God to be cared for until he calls them. These are your stepstones to heaven. There is one virtue that will prove your love for them more than anything else. Give them your time. This means your interest, your care. This will probably cut off some of your outside activities, but this is the way Christ wants it. Mothers and dads, when you stand before him on Judgment Day, Christ will ask first, how did you care for each other? And then, how did you care for each of them? Don't forget those four Fs, especially the last. Be fond. There are so many things we could talk about for the home that even a whole record wouldn't be enough. Let me add only one. Be a family that prays. Let the children, no matter how old they are, see you at prayer. You will never be taller than when they see you on your knees. Someday their children will see them on their knees and think of God because of your example. You'll never know on this earth the influence your good example will have on others for years to come. You have a great life, the life of mother and father, the life of husband and wife. This made Joseph and Mary saints, and it can make you the same. Be happy in it. In it is your happiness forever. For all of us, my dear friends, the answer to life is to love. Let's love one another as Christ has loved us. This is his one commandment. You and I want happiness here and hereafter. There is only one way to love. Thank you so much for listening. And God love and bless each one of you forever. I gotcha. Oh, yeah. I gotcha. You got us. Mm-hmm. Hey, welcome back to the Thank five you. count. Love begins at home or the five count. One of those mm. two. Mm. Yeah. Well, the five count could technically be in your home. And, you know, I consider the five count like home. Do you, you know, really? Yeah. Wow. You know, it's like your home radio station. You know, yeah. I really appreciate you saying that. And mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like you tell us that you like us and this program and that it really means a lot to you. But I always I'm not sure if it's like real or if you're just telling us that to make us feel better. But that makes me feel. Why would I care about making you feel good? I don't know. <laughs> it's just one of those things. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, just like for years being just mm-hmm. shunned. <laughs> It's just hard to swallow. But that but someone I, you know, likes you. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Really, well, I mean, now open your so. heart and, uh, you know, are you, I'm trying. Do you so love much. enough? Do, I, I don't get loved enough. I can say that. I, I think we're really growing here through this spiritual retreat mm. that we're doing here tonight. Mm. And uh, I want to thank you. I want to thank Dusty. I want to thank Father Gene. You wanna, I think we've I think all we grown. I think lot. we've grown. Yeah. You know, this is wow. nice. This That's is right nice. up there. Yeah. Another winner on Easter time. <laughs> I knew we could do it. It's been great. I'm starting to feel it, I think. I'm starting to feel it. Mm. You've been feeling it all night. You've been feeling it since you got in this room. 
said freaking fast. No, I think the sucker kicked it about 20 mm, minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Wow. She's talking about you, Dust. Yeah, yeah. I ain't no sucker. sucker. <laughs> That's awesome. He ain't afraid of you suckers. So, I mean, what do you... Um, uh, Can we even talk about this? Do we what, talk about what? What do you... What's? Do you get your kid stuff for Easter, or what do you... No, as we've talked about, I'm a Jewish atheist, yeah. so I don't... No, just kidding. I'm an American, so I do Christmas and Easter and all that shit. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, oh no, I just swore. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, okay. number one rule is okay, that when yeah, it does yeah, happen, yeah, yeah. you just don't say anything about it. Oh. <laughs> you let it slide. Especially, uh, you know who is, yeah. is listening. Oh, who is listening? Yeah. This is his right. day. Um, it, it, it varies. Sometimes we get candy and sometimes we do a thing and sometimes yeah. we haven't. And I, That's what I mean. Like yeah. most people, I think... Whether the last couple of years we've just been getting a hotel oh, and really? enjoying the empty pool because everyone's at church. Yeah, dude, that's a good <laughs> so idea. Actually, we've we've been getting a hotel for Easter weekend and we check in Friday, go to, like to the movies on Saturday, rent pizza and eat, watch another movie all piled in yeah. the hotel beds together, sleep in, and then all the people go off to church and we get the pool and hot tub yes. to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> that's Dude, been our Easter that tradition. That sounds really awesome, actually. Years, yeah. uh, but this year, like I said, I'm seeing my brother on Saturday. Yeah, we're going over to his our friend's house for brunch, and then I'm, I'm then I'm going to Patrick's in St. Peter for Jesus Christ Superstar Karaoke. Oh wow, that actually sounds kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did have Ted Neely on one of our Easter programs. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah. But so do you get? Do you give a gift to your kid ever? Or is it just candy, or just or just what? Or just do I varies? ever give gifts to my child? No, I mean for Easter specific. Oh no, no. Why? I don't. I'm, I think a lot of people have that as a tradition. I don't know. Okay. So I was just wondering. Well, that's really you know. getting down with the reason for the season, there, guys. Um, I, I mean, a, he has risen. Christian have some plastic crap. Hey, I got a quiet riot cassette tape once for Easter. Okay, that's rad. That's rad. That is. Yeah. Yeah. Famous Christians, yeah. those guys. Yeah, I got a camera once. Okay. I keep forgetting what it is. Is it four ten, two ten? You know what I mean? The old film. One ten. The, the film. Yeah, I got yeah. a one ten camera once. Okay. In like the late eighties, I thought that was awesome. Okay. I don't know. Okay, I, I get, guess people get gifts. I don't mean. I, yeah, I've been I Easter egg hunts. I mean, it's not even hunts. like a Christian thing. It's just like whatever. Okay. You know, you just get a thing and you get some sure. candy or whatever. Sure. You get a basket, right? Yeah, yeah. Given Sophia it's the, May Day. Yeah. The goddess Easter. Yeah. That's where the holiday name comes from. Yeah. Chickens and eggs. Yeah. Bunnies. Ah, uh, Jesus. All of these things come from spring. It's, yeah. Yeah. Big, Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Sophia's get headphones mm. for her Yoda player. I don't know. What's a Yoda player? What's uh, that guy from Star Wars? Yoda oh, I player. didn't realize he was known as such a Not uh, a Yoda. Okay. Not a Yoda player. <laughs> Yoto. Oh, Yo toe okay. player. Oh. That too. Well, well that's less interesting. Okay. I love the Yoda player. It's hanging um, down in Dagobah. It's like a little hanging down in Dagobah. We should cut an album. Yes, you know? we really should. Well, I play the Guido now, so in addition to the ukulele, I'm like really I'm on my yes. own one woman orchestra over yeah, here. You are. <laughs> Dude, just hit record and let it go. Yeah. Wow. Here we are. Uh, this yeah. is something. This is a great. great no, so Yoda player is like a little music player um, for kids, and it's specifically like it doesn't have a big screen. It doesn't have like games and other stuff you can do on it. It's just a little thing, and you have you can buy these cards, and you put the card in, and that plays like an audio book, or 
they give you even a blank card where you can do your own stuff. So I have like read books. I read He-Man books, all of our He-Man books, and put like music. Totally produced it, did it with this board, and then put it on there so she can hear it. And I did the intro like... That sounds awesome. Welcome to Sophia's Yodo Player. I love this. Yeah, super awesome. And you can customize it all Where when it's have that. I have a little princess on there for her, you know? I love it. So, yeah, I absolutely love it. And it has even like a radio station. Um, I think they're based out of the UK. So they have like a, they have a BBC affiliate in there, but it's really like a Yodo radio. And it's like little kids will be like, Yodo radio. And then they'll play music. And it's really awesome because they play stuff like 80s, 70s stuff that the adults would are is like cool with. Okay. But then they'll mix in like goofy songs about chickens or okay. whatever. So it's not like kids pickles. bop. It's just standard old songs mixed with a child's a children's song. Yep. And the children's songs aren't like weird kids bop like you're saying. Like they're more just like fun or funny or I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just sure. way better sure. than any other okay. kids whatever listening devices I've found. Yeah. Yodo player. It's really cool. Yodo. Okay. Sounds What's... like a fancy pocket rocker. Remember those from the eighties? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Pocket rocker? What is that? Pocket rocker? It's so you can rock out. It's like a little Walkman, but you'd pocket. stick yeah. a little plastic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Maybe you'll get one for Easter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe you will. That'd be sweet. Hey, I have maybe a very important question. Okay. Uh, what were you doing 10 years ago? Any idea? Because I have a clue. No idea. I keep a detailed diary. No oh. clue. Ten years Ten ago? Ten years ago. What year was it? 2013. Isn't that April. weird? April. Yeah. Well, it was April 6th, 2013. You know how I know? Ask me. Ask me how I know. How did you know? Because this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five-count history. Yes. Love this part. Yes. Um, this was a pretty big show, Ton. Really? It was a special. You are known for your Easter programs. Well, so. last 10 years and one week ago was our Easter show. <laughs> yeah. You missed that one. <laughs> yeah. 10 years ago this week in Five Count History was a WrestleMania show. Mm. So what happened? Uh, we had two special guests on the show. Hall of Famers, ton. You look confused. Do you remember this? It was a while back. I don't remember who it was. Ten years ago. Uh, yeah. We we had Gerald Briscoe. Oh. Remember of the Briscoe Brothers? Yeah. And that was followed by your all-time favorite, Jimmy Superfly Snooka. Yeah. <laughs> that is the, a big the, deal. The late Superfly. Yeah. Also, um... Did they get inducted that year, do you know? I don't think so. Okay. But I know he was on trial for murder a few years ago before he died. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. But so 10 years ago, he was not on trial and he was on right. his program. We talked to him before he was. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so we're not part of the problem. No. Just want to make no. sure that's. Sure. Okay. Sure. You are forgiven. <laughs> yeah. We've had a few alumni that have had some sketchiness and mm-hmm. trouble with the law, but. That's well, not on well us. Well, after the fact. Yeah, it's not on us. <laughs> so, okay. So then, what, did we do like a WrestleMania like breakdown, yeah, or what did we do? Down, yeah. I don't know. We talked to two legends and played some dumb wrestling songs. All right. Amazing. Did you like guys see the over? We are want to do. Yeah, the, uh, the above shot of WrestleMania. Just I haven't. This year, you're saying? Yeah. 
Wait, wow. this year or yeah. 10 years ago? This year. Oh, sorry about that. So, 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 oh, sorry. Yeah, let's get rid of the 10 Was it just like huge or what? I want to confuse what? the listeners. Wow. Huge, 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 huge. Wow. Yeah. yeah, they'll be confused. Like, am I time traveling? Where am yeah. I? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool shots. Mm. Um, I haven't watched any of it. I haven't seen anything about it. I bet it is cool. So have you seen that business where uh, they're merging with UFC? Have you seen that? You mean they sold them to UFC? Oh, I saw it. Well, it's some Endeavor Group, I think it's what it's called, right? Mm -hmm. Is now going to own both. The more important question. I I know that everyone's like rats from a sinking ship and trying to get their contracts released. What the wrestlers are? Yeah. Yeah, the talent. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I didn't I didn't know about that. So what now, Dust? Oh, I think the more important question is, have you seen Vince McMahon's mustache? Oh, man. I haven't, no. He kind of looks like uh, Vincent Price, mm. John Waters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy, maybe. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Something's <laughs> happening. I there. don't know. He's like trying to like do some elder statesman thing. It's not working. It's, or, like or it is. Like Flynn I mean, or Gomez. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So he's got a pencil stash. Yeah, one of those jobbies where you shave the... I don't know how you even do that. The top part, yeah. Mm. My father-in-law had that when I first was dating his daughter. He had that pencil stash for a long time. Wow, did he tie you to the railroad tracks? (laughs) 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 No, I quickly was all over it. I was like, what's going on there, buddy? You need to sharpen that guy up or what's happening? Like, quickly was on it and he was had no idea and i'm like your pencil stash dude what is happening and then he got rid of it and then he grew a normal stash well um i'm learning more and more tonight about maybe the source of some tension here i mean if you're so nice upon first meeting dude what's with your face (laughs) i'm dating your daughter precisely what i said yeah dude what's up snidely whiplash yeah What else do you say to a guy with a pencil you mustache? You say, nice to meet you, sir. Yeah, I don't think it's you say lovely dating your daughter. You don't comment on people's appearances. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I didn't lead in with the stash I mean, comments. If like you, you, oh, okay. Well. I mean, you know, like we had dinner and I said all that other stuff and then I started mm. in with the Was stash. <laughs> Lots of turkey, yeah. You have no idea how much uh, turkey I had to consume <laughs> just to get in on that situation. It very was sleepy. That's why he said that stuff. So many legs. He was tired. So many breasts. It was out of control. Okay. It's a lot of turkey. I mean, yeah. It's a lot of turkey. Telling me. Yeah. It's all dried up now, though. <laughs> Been that way for a couple of years. Well, on that note. Yeah, it's a dry bird. It's a dry bird. <laughs> Maybe really we should uh, hear some Easter songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like things Let's have gotten pretty heavy duty here yeah. tonight. So. Let's do it. Yeah. What's an Easter song? I mean, besides well, Jesus Christ Superstar. Stay, stay tuned. tuned. <laughs> when I was a little boy, I waited for Easter bunnies toy. Colored Easter eggs I seen. Easter bread and jelly beans. One day my mother said to me, Easter rabbit is nice to see. Do you know what Easter is? I'll tell of Jesus it's like this. We celebrated Easter Day by worshiping the Lord. Different people of different nations celebrate it in a different way. Ukrainian mothers bake an Easter bread called Pascha, and they bake cookies. They color eggs, known as Ukrainian Easter eggs. Some eggs are painted with different designs. Some are colored by putting color in honeybee wax, then painting them with hot wax. On Easter Sunday morning, they go to church, bring baskets of Pascha, Ukrainian Easter bread, and colored eggs. Together, 
decorated with Ukrainian design cloth and Easter lilies. The priest says a prayer and asks the Lord for blessings, for good health, happiness, and prosperity. And then we go home with Thanksgiving and celebrate with an Easter dinner. Later, we hide colored Easter eggs, chocolate candy, kisses, Easter bunnies, and jelly beans for the children to find a game we play and to bring us all joy. But the word Easter really means E, He is eternal. Jesus will always be on earth as well as in heaven. A, for all the miracles He performed, the lame walked and the blind did see. S is for the sword that stabbed Him in the side as Jesus hung on the cross. T is for our Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. E for everything He did. Jesus forgave our sins and died for us on a cross. R means resurrection. Christ has risen from the grave on earth to the Father in heaven, and that is why we celebrate Easter Day. smiles we'll all be wearing no millionaire could buy a share in my two Easter Sunday sweethearts and after church we'll go parading we'll all be dressed up in our Sunday best Happy me, I'll want the world to see my happiness. That happiness will be no other than dear old dad and darling mother. My two Easter Sunday sweetheart. Thank you. 
us off from the world-famous Bunny Ranch, home of the HBO Cat House series. And I'm not with the bunny. Guess what? I'm listening to Five Count. Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail, hippity-hopping, Easter's on its way. Bringing every girl and boy Baskets full of Easter joy Things to make your Easter bright and gay He's got jelly beans for Tommy Colored eggs for Sister Sue There's an orchid for your mommy And an Easter bonnet too Here comes Peter Cottontail Hopping down the bunny trail Hippity-hoppity happy Easter day comes Peter Cottontail hopping down the bunny trail. Look at him stop and listen to him say. Try to do the things you should. Maybe if you're extra good, he'll roll lots of Easter eggs your way. You'll wake up on Easter morning and you'll know that he was there. When you'll find those chocolate bunnies that he's hiding everywhere. Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail. Hippity-hoppity, happy Easter day. Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail. Hippity-hoppity. Egbert, the Easter egg, painted like a circus clown. Big green ears and a purple nose and a yellow hat upon his crown. Egbert, the Easter egg, hidden under daddy's chair. Waited while all the boys and girls were looking for him everywhere. He thought they'd never find him, so he began to yell. With a pop, snap, crackle, bang, he yelled till he broke his little shell. But Egbert, the Easter egg, soon was just as good as new. Was found by the boys and girls And of course they knew just what to do They pasted him together And started to play And Egbert, the Easter egg Had a happy Easter day
This is John Merchant from Ghost of Sunset, and you're listening to The Five Count. Keep it tuned in. heard the most important part. Now that you are real, I have a special mission for you. You have been chosen to be the first Easter rabbit. But why me? I'm nobody. And why do we need an Easter rabbit? A good question, wouldn't you say? But Calliope had a good answer. She explained to Stuffy why all the holidays of the year needed symbols to help people remember them. Springtime needs someone to remind all the children of her special holiday. They could form the lovely habit of saying Easter's here cause there's that rabbit. There's that rabbit taking some blue from the sky. There's that rabbit Mixing a buttercup dye There's that rabbit Painting his green everywhere A magical hair 
that rabbit There's that rabbit Helping the spring do her tricks There's that rabbit Chiseling chocolate chicks There's that rabbit Far from your typical jack Each year he'll be back That rabbit A little old me. <laughs> There's that rabbit. There's that rabbit playing his egg rolling game. There's that rabbit. There's that rabbit. Everyone's calling his name. There's that rabbit. There's that rabbit. Easter's his garden to tend. Our cottontail friend. That rabbit. Okay. Don't be nervous. Don't be, don't get you seem extra, extra nervous. nervous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Calm down over there. Jeez. I'm filled with Christ's love. Mm. So. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that. Wow. Well, that's, it is Easter time. So. Mm. And it's the five count. Uh, you need more water? You need me to get you some more fluids? Are you no, gonna be okay? I'm, I'm okay. You know, there's a goodly amount here left. A in goodly here. amount. Plus, the ice hasn't melted. A godly so I'll be amount. fine. I'll okay. be fine. I don't know about that. Yeah. Did you just some church wafers or anything? Or? Yeah. <sighs> They, t- they taste like ice cream cones, don't they? Not ours. Not the ones I get. Oh, fish what do food. you have? They're more like I, fish food. I've got to have the gluten-free ones, and they're <laughs> terrible. They just, oh, wait, they just no, wait a second. That's a thing. I was at a funeral, and I laughed so hard, and I was laughing so hard. They said, oh, we've got gluten. I just lost it. Yeah. Gluten-free body of Christ? Leave. Yes, I was had yes. to leave this funeral because I could not stop laughing. I'm like, yeah. We are the dumbest nation. We are the dumbest <laughs> stage in this well, <laughs> human journey. I don't know. It's so weird. Okay, anyway. Well, could I get a diet ritual food? Thanks, hon. Yeah. I, it's just... <laughs> when I, I told you, it's not because of diet. It's because I have I know, the allergy I know, thing. I know. So in that way, I kind of appreciate it. And I'm happy that you <laughs> get your altered ritual food. I, re- I truly am. Yeah. However, it made me laugh at a funeral. That's I all can, I'm going to say. I totally understand it. Yeah. I totally understand it. I'm glad you have it, and it's absurd. Yeah. Both yes. are true. Both totally. Are true. Totally. Yes. The Lord doesn't the one, want you to have swollen The part glands. that I feel really bad about is because I do it, and uh, so, okay. The Lord knows you only have one bathroom in the house, and he wants to be there for you. Here's the crazy thing, is like, if you look into uh, Catholicism, mm-hmm. they they have a major problem with it, that you can't, because they come down to like... They say like the recipe is important in order for it to be like actually viewed as legit body of Christ. Transfiguration. Yeah, so it's like you can't you can't be gluten free, otherwise it's not really body of Christ. And I'm just like, what is happening? Wasn't that part of his divine plan yeah. to make you allergic to wheat? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So um I I was gonna say Sophia I've, okay, so I love it that she just loves. She comes with me and she wants to do everything with me. And even if I'm leaning up front, she sits with me and she wants to be a part of everything. But she wants my gluten free wafer also. And they, they offer her the really beautiful bread. 
And I'm like, you can have that one, honey pie. You don't have an allergy thing. No, I want the same as you, Dad. And I'm like, oh, just eat that. It tastes way better. <laughs> Please. I'm just... But that can't possibly be the point of communion no. is how delicious it yeah. is, right? It's not Shouldn't the point. it kind of taste yeah. like? I like to put some Mrs. Dash on it. Yeah, that. right? <laughs> I mean, Spice you're it right. It's bit. not the point. But I just feel, <laughs> it makes me feel like I've influenced her into a thing that you she doesn't need to be. But yeah. Oh, I just, see where you're maybe going there, no, and it's she, like, who cares? Yeah. yeah she, Thank you so much for making you. me feel better about you. that. Yes. It all comes out in the Easter wash. Christ's love right there. You are loving enough. Yes. And, mm. right, your daughter loves Thank you. you. Yeah. yeah, she does. And I love her <sighs> so much. It's a beautiful, beautiful Easter yeah. weekend. We just came full circle. Sad I to see it, it. go. Mm. Mm. It'll come back. Hey, in the meantime, you could go to thefivecount.com. That's an expensive website that was broken a while back, but now it's fixed. <laughs> I bet you didn't notice, though, because you never look at the damn thing, you jerk. <laughs> I read about it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, So please, go to thefivecount.com and just click around on some stuff. Yeah, some before it breaks again. Yeah. Go incognito and click those ads. Join us on Patreon, because apparently Front Desk Rachel is going to say something very scandalous <laughs> behind the paywall. Yeah. You're going to have to stay tuned for that. Patreon only. Patreon only. Wow. Put your dollar in the cup. Yes. (laughs) It's been really wonderful. You know, I love you, Dust. I don't know if you know that, but I do very much. Even Sans Vest? Yeah. I love Rachel, too. I appreciate you guys. And just like Jesus, I love Electro. (laughs) I I knew that. (laughs) See you next time. Wow. See ya. And so we conclude another in the Pardon My Blooper series of classic radio boners. Additional albums in this series will be released soon. Until we meet then, this is your narrator leaving you with the words of Alexander Pope, who said, To err is human, to forgive, to bind. <laughs>